Hey, everybody, it's Ryan Ripley. Wanted to get a new offering in front of you as soon as possible, evidence-based leadership. And so, as you all know, Todd Miller, myself, and Will Seeley, we're big on evidence-based management. We want to apply it to the leadership space. We all know that modern managers face complex challenges every day. You're juggling a lot of needs, your direct reports, your stakeholders, your customers, they all need constant attention. What we want to do is help you manage that. We want you to use information and data to make good decisions around all of these areas so that we're delivering the right thing at the right time for the right customer. And we know that we're doing that because we're using data and evidence to validate all the things that we're doing. And not only that, we're not just looking at value, but we're looking at our capabilities as an organization. Can we deliver on time? Can we innovate effectively? Do we have too much tech debt? Do we have too many things in process? Are we unable to deliver when the market demands that we do? We look at all of these things with evidence-based management. We merge that into a leadership uh, mindset and lens, and we enable you to make new and better decisions repeatedly based off of the data that you're collecting within your organization. It's exciting stuff. We hope you can join us. Visit agileforhumans.com forward slash EBL course. Join us in one of these offerings. We think you're going to love it. Hope you can join us. Use Agile for Humans, the number four to take another 15% off of this course. And uh, we can't wait to see you there. Okay, I'll just, I'll have this dummy <laughs> whispering in my ear. <laughs> that is creepy, Kent. That's, uh, I think it's amazing that you have it though. That's really. <laughs> well, as a photographer, I just, I love the shot. Right, it, it's, uh, you know, the, the sight line of the dummy and the, the receding, like it's very Ripley Scott, you know, forced perspective and the, the tree was just perfect. And like, yeah. It's like the beginning of a Stephen King movie. Damn, yes, it is. <laughs> it really is. Okay, nothing we'll go with that one. Nothing good could happen with that. It's so we got are, some personality. So we are uh, live on YouTube, I believe. Are we live on YouTube? Uh oh. Um, can I share this on my YouTube channel? Do you know? Uh, yes, we will. We will figure that out. You'll be able to uh, do. That. Uh, oh, so no, but not live. But that's okay. Like nobody, nobody knows about me live on YouTube. I'm not a big star like you guys. No, I just <laughs> tweeted it out. So we are we are live on on YouTube. We I'm are gonna, live on YouTube. People okay. are going to show up. Uh, it's another episode of Craft Brewed Agile. It's uh, Todd and I here with Kent Beck. Yeah, so excited. And Kent, Hello. Uh, Kent brought a friend. I, <laughs> this, I was uh, just saying this is the creepiest photo I've ever taken. I was out walking along the Charles River and, uh, and there was this ventriloquist dummy sitting on a park bench <laughs> and soaking wet absolutely nobody around like clearly had been done on purpose but there's like some backstory there was there was some stuff that went before this shot and uh, Todd as you were pointing out there's some stuff that goes after this shot that that goes really nicely in a Stephen King novel yeah, it really seems that way. Like I'm going to be staring at it the entire time. <laughs> they have other um, backgrounds. Thanks, Kent. I uh, guess I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight. Thinking that <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah, yeah. Just you know, because we didn't have enough stress in our lives, I thought I'd throw in a little extra. How's the uh, audio, by the way? Are you hear me? Okay. Yeah, you sound great. Yeah. Okay, great. So, 
beginning of the show, guys, we talk about the beers that we're going to drink. I, I think plural for this one. Maybe we'll reload halfway through, but uh, I'm I, I'm going back, Todd, to Off Square Brewing. So this is a brewery that's really close to my house um, in Crown Point, Indiana. They make some amazing beers. This time, though, I'm going with the Long Day IPA. It has long been a long day. IPA, huh? Really nice IPA. I love drinking these. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna get this one poured. Todd, what have you selected for this conversation that we're gonna have yeah. with Mr. Beck? So um, this is called uh, this is by Treehouse Brewing Company out of Charlton, Massachusetts. Uh, it's uh, called 89. It's their Curiosity Series. This is a double IPA. Uh, my good friend Scott, who has been a long-lived software developer, gave this to me, and I thought, in the spirit of talking maybe some code or whatever, we're gonna get into. Cheers to cheers to Scott for hooking me up with this delicious beer. All right, and I'm going with the uh, the Fort Point Brewing Company, which oh. is a San Francisco brewery, uh, Kolsch style. Uh, very nice. So, you no, know, I, I got introduced to Kolsch actually on an Alaskan cruise. So the Alaska Brewing Company makes a really nice Kolsch, and I ended up drinking it for a week. It's the first Kolsch I ever had, and loved it. I'm jealous. That sounds wonderful. We're poured. So, so the we're yeah, we're poured. Cheers, cheers. cheers gentlemen. Yeah, cheers. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Oh, that's good. They all feel like Fridays though, don't they? <laughs> so my uh, I have a uh, I have one German joke. Please. So this Bavarian, you know, Kolsch is uh, what they is native to Cologne, and it's served in these long thin glasses. Okay. So a Bavarian goes to Cologne. And he sits down and he orders a beer and they bring him a, a glass of Kolsch. And he, he looks around and, okay, and he picks one up and he drinks it and he says, yes, I'll have one of these. Oh, man, that kid, that joke kills in Germany. <laughs> in Germany, they, 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 they drink the Stein with the, never mind. <laughs> I have to explain it. It's already too late. You're talking to, to two uncultured Midwestern hillbillies, Kent. It just went right past us. I'm an East Coast hillbilly, Pennsylvania. Right. Pennsylvania. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm a California kid. So, Kent, but anyway, oh man, I thought that was going to be, it was just going to be such a lighthearted way to start. Now I'm digging out for the next hour. I'm no, be like, oh. They already I, love you. You're fine. You're yeah, every, everybody, everybody's laughing and thinking this, these Todd and Ryan idiot guys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> actually, and for the first time we've got, uh, we've got a couple people on here. It looks like Sebastian is having a nice black IPA. Paul Moore, he's having a modern times, uh, words of radiance IPA. That's awesome. Words of radiance. Guys. Very cool. And so, okay. so should, should I, should I log into the chat? Yeah, but just mute the uh, mute the discussion because you're if the audio comes in. But yeah, Got if you want to see what they're saying, you can definitely hit the the. YouTube I'm not channel. sure that I do, but I mean, <laughs> we have eleven, ten. All right, we got some people watching. Hey, hey, I'll manage that part, Ken. If someone says something interesting, I'll make sure to bring it over to you. I think okay. my brother might be out there watching too. He's a he's a he's a he's a big coder too, Kent. But you know what? What they showed up for, Kent? I think they're all curious. What have you been thinking about lately? What have you been up to? Are you looking at, have you picked up PLO yet? You still playing No Limit? Are you <laughs> writing another book? What have you been up to? 
Well, I'm not playing any poker. I can tell you that. Oh my, I, I'm jonesing hard. And it's not even like sometimes like, uh, okay, I can't, I can't, you know, I'm someplace I can't play, but I know that I'll be going someplace that I can play or whatever. And now it's just like, no, I could not fly to Vegas and get my poker fix. I can't fly. Like there's nowhere in the world. You would so, think of all times when they would consider bringing back online poker, it would be right now. I, I think this is the time to push for it. I, I miss the day. I would come home. I would fire up poker stars. I was kind of a grinding, kind of break-even, slightly positive EV gambler. So on a on a one-two no limit table, I could make maybe 20, 30 bucks a night, having a little fun, learning the game, getting the math going in my head. Loved it. It was but man, Black Friday showed up, can't play anymore. Yeah. So I play live probably three nights a week. Wow. Did. <laughs> did will again one uh, uh, presumes so uh, to make with poker uh, sorry i am the worst poker player you, i am the guy that oh. you, you guys would seek out and just be like all we have to do is maybe say a couple words this guy's going to get aggressive go all in and he's done that's me like i would you guys would clear the floor with me i know i know my uh i know my limits well that's good it's <laughs> yeah. good Self-awareness is important. Time. Yeah. I have been playing. I haven't. Yes. Yeah. So I got a 49 inch 32 by nine monitor. That was my stress purchase. And it's awesome. It is so wide. It's just like ridiculous. And uh, I love it. You're getting like a, you get like a sunburn from it when you're. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no, to, I recorded a, a, a keynote yesterday. Uh-oh. Ryan, are you are you live? You're good. We're good. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I recorded. I had to put big black patches on either side of like just a, I opened up keynote and I made a big black rectangle just so I wouldn't get the, you know, the shiny dome stuff going on. <laughs> Nice. Brian so, and I can both relate. We have that shiny dome issue ourselves. I have a shiny dome, uh, <laughs> anti-shiny dome device on right now. So. Uh, well, I don't, I don't do that. Um, what would you, so I, I would get, I, I'd have to make a guess. Sure. So on, I, so I listen to a lot of funk. Okay. Um, I kind of regulate my moods with music. So uh, there's a lot of like, um, Gregorian and Orthodox Russian Orthodox chanting going on. So I'm a huge fan of Gregorian chant. I love and it. And then a fair amount of James Brown. <laughs> that's a that's a shift. Stevie Ray Vaughan, <laughs> I guess. I whatever. Um, Mozart string quartets is in heavy. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, a bunch of different things. I used to actually, when I was writing code years ago, I would listen to Gregorian chant and program. And for some reason, it just kept me calm. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. For the listeners yeah. out there, if you've never checked out Gregorian chant, you're in YouTube right now. After the show, type it in. There's probably a thousand different great videos. Listen to about 10 minutes of it and tell me you don't feel more peaceful. Yeah. There you See, I'm more of like a punk rock hardcore coder. AC cannot all the way. Have done, have done, have had pairs who insisted on metal. 
Yeah. No chance. No, I, it's, 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 I don't know why I just, I can disappear with it. The, the other stuff, like if I, if I listen to stuff that's calmer, it like, uh, I, I can't focus as much. He gets angry listening to classical. <laughs> ironically though, ironically, so I played rugby for a while. Ironically, what I would do to calm myself down before I go on the rugby pitch is I'd be like singing in my head, like Billy Joel songs or like, like stuff like that. So I code <laughs> punk rock and hardcore and I'm playing rugby like, you know, singing Billy Joel and like Elton John songs in my head to stay calm. Seems like every week you reveal just a little bit more about what's going on in that head of yours, Todd. Yeah, I know. Everything. There's a lot going on in there. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going on. We're not really sure which one yet. So, Ken, I remember a conversation we had back in 2017. We were sitting in a really, probably one of the nicest hotels uh, in Johannesburg, South Africa. And I asked you a question. You told me to give you a few years to answer it. And so I'm going to ask you again. Oh, it's why I asked you. Todd, I have, I just for the record, I have no idea what's going on. No, out. this one's not, it's not like a, it's not a bad question, but it's something that I think Todd was interested in too. And so I asked you, what is it really like at Facebook? Like, what's that experience? Like what's the uh -huh, you know, working there as a, a, you know, software engineer leading engineering at one of the biggest, um, social platforms, data collection platforms, analytics platforms, big data. I mean, it's the biggest of the biggest. And at the time you told me, Hey, I just got out of there. I'm under, I still have some, some agreements that I signed that I can't speak, but I think you're well past that. If you're cool with that, I'm, I've always been just endlessly fascinated. What's it like working with that much data, that much user interaction, and just what some of the stuff that really stood out to you. So, uh, let me go some, I'll, I'll go through some of the, like the cool engineering stuff Yeah, is you just get used to working with really big numbers and, you know, somebody come in and say, well, maybe I need to gather a thousand data points and, and you're like uh, per second, like, no, 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 no. I just need a thousand. I mean, like, no. No, no, a thousand per second, that would be a number that you would do. Um, we didn't measure compute in, um, in like number of servers, we measured it in megawatts. How many megawatts of compute are we adding this year? Wow. Um, and there were just, I was working on an API, there was a, was on a messenger backend and there were uh, a bunch of different endpoints in this API. And some of them were called trillions of times a day. <laughs> and then we had one that was called 119 times in a day. And you're just like, oh, just shut that one off. Cause like, who cares? <laughs> just uh, like, I don't even, I don't even want to know what it's doing. Just doesn't matter. Uh those, so it's just, it just seems like the scale of it is just unfathomable. Until Every, everything is enormous. Yes, absolutely. You know, if you want to run an AB test, you just flip a switch and as soon as you can flip it off, you have plenty of data. That's crazy. Um, so, would you, what did you, so with it being so, so at scale, I've got to ask the question, um, how did, how did you test that? Right? Like, is that possible? Oh, Can you? Like, no, N not test in the red green sense. Never. 
I remember my first ever uh, code I pushed, I was carefully watching the IRC channel and it said uh, uh, the, the, the push successfully went to 8,400 out of 8,500 servers. And I freaked out. I'm like, what's on the other 100 servers? And the person sitting next to me says, yeah, who knows? <laughs> Doesn't seem to be screwing anything up, so we don't worry about it. Wow. And that, that was my, like, I got over red and green <laughs> in that moment. Because there's no such thing as the software's working or it's not working. It's it's mostly working or it's mostly not working and the not working is spreading or the not working isn't spreading. Those are your states. And you can't predict that before you go into production. Not at all. Yeah, I, would, I can't imagine with that volume of transactions, like thinking of the computing power that would take to run a formidable test to see what it would take for 1 trillion people to hit an API, right? Like. Yes. So It'd one of the things that, that, that was interesting about it is um, when we got, say, new networking equipment, <clears throat> you know, the, the specs would say it'll handle blah, blah, whatever. We just ignored that. The, the characterization lab, we didn't, we didn't care if it did what the specs said it would do. What we cared about is whether we could turn it off. So if we put this in and we start it up, can we turn it off? Because the only way you really find out is in production. So it, it just takes a different approach to engineering. I mean, it's, it's, it feels more like biology. It's like, uh, let's, let's give it a higher dose of this stuff and then see what happens. Because cause and effect are just crazy. So that, that's on the engineering side. I mean, it was just like, it was, uh, it was heaven for an engineer. You had so many resources. You had so many opportunities. Um, the the ex-Facebookers talk about the bubble. So while you're in, there's just constant criticism. You're taking, uh, I, I was in a quilting store with my ex-wife and the woman saw my Facebook shirt and she just gave me, started just giving me a bunch of crap about messenger didn't work and blah, blah, blah. And like, you just have to take it. So, so there's a kind of a us and them, uh, we're the good guys inside. And it takes a while for that to fade when you come out. Just as a, as a defense mechanism, you have to jump to Facebook's defense while you're inside. Well, it's got to be super tricky working with one of the, it's got to be the, oh, is it the most popular social platform today? I mean, TikTok's catching up. I mean, that's no, pretty popular. TikTok, TikTok is a uh, pimple on Facebook's patootie. Okay, I believe <laughs> it. But I mean, that's it, got to be tricky. We do have yeah. some questions. Um, let's see. Apparently we froze for a second, but we're back. Todd, what position did you play in rugby? I was tight head prop. Well, I actually started out as loose head prop and then I transferred over to tight head prop. All right. So Todd, uh, another, it was Todd a lot thicker guy. than a lot thicker than I, I was a bigger guy then. Yeah. Um, so cool. I mean, so this Facebook stuff, it sounds, sounds like it's just working at a scale that's pretty incomprehensible until you try it. 
Yeah. Um, a lot of pro development, a lot of fun stuff there. I mean, did you get to do XP inside the walls of, of Facebook? Oh, oh, hell no. 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 No, Facebook had its, its own way of doing it, things. And if you came in and started preaching, they would just tune you out. Wow. But it, but it was a, a, a very highly developed style. Like they, they were, they developed the way they developed self-consciously. They knew that they were doing it. They couldn't explain why it worked or they couldn't explain to you, they couldn't teach it to you out of context. But if you were in and you did something wrong, it was made very clear very quickly that it was wrong. Cool. Oh, it sounds so it's bad. interesting if if I can kind of pair that. So I like uh, uh, first of all, your XP book was like changed the way that I coded. Right now, I was just telling Ryan before we came on this, I'm like doing some Python stuff right now, and the first thing I did was write failing unit tests. Right <laughs> against some empty methods, started writing failing unit tests. So um, it, it, to parlay it and use some XP language from your book, as as in um, the way it works worked in Facebook. Um, you, you, you wrote a, about this whole notion of dispelling vulnerability. So I, it seems like there wasn't even the chance there. So in a lot of corporate environments, I'm sure you've been around a ton of them. Like that is something that you actively have to do because the forces are working against you, right? So if I can kind of read into what you're saying, those, those forces weren't there because it was just open. I mean, sure they had like super smart people. Is that kind of what I'm reading what you're saying? You don't well, have a choice because it's like in your face, right? Yeah. Yes, you would you would you would do stuff that you thought was perfectly fine and just random stuff would blow up. Mm. And um the engineering culture was great about that. Nobody was vilified. One time a boot camper checked in a uh configuration change and brought the entire site down. And nobody fussed at the boot camper. The boot camp is this six-week beginning. Uh, nobody fussed at, at the 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 person who quote unquote made the mistake because, like, why if a if a configuration change can bring the site down, then there's something wrong with the site. That's cool. So the, that that part of it was very positive. So here's some here's some negs. Um, one of them is uh, uh, this word impact was really important. Every uh, every six months, you had to prove with numbers that you should still be at Facebook. Hmm. And so you got uh, uh, when I showed up, it was relatively easy to come up with those numbers. But as diminishing returns sets in, it got harder and harder, and people would do the kind of, I called it the pie problem, where it was easier to make your slice bigger than to make the pie bigger at some mm -hmm. point. And Facebook never really noticed that that had happened and did anything about it. The, the rules were the rules and we were successful because we were successful and that's that. I mean, there's a kind of arrogance inside. The, the, the introduction of newsfeed is part of Facebook mythology, you know, where Newsfeed came out and all the users revolted and they were going to quit Facebook and they used 
newsfeed, ironically, to spread the word of just how angry they were about newsfeed. <laughs> and the lesson, the 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 face, the mytho mythological lesson taken from that is that yeah, we know better. Hmm. So if if people are complaining about something, yeah, as long as it makes sense to us. So when when I see things like uh Facebook uh, won't get rid of fake news or something like that. Inside Facebook, that makes perfect sense. And as a citizen of the world, that makes no sense to me. But, but I, can, I can imagine what it would be like to be inside facing that. Like, oh, we're not gonna run political ads. People are, people, you know, we can't stop people running political ads. Everybody throws up their hands. Oh, this is horrible. Well, hang on. At scale, how are you going to tell what's a political ad and what isn't? And we're talking about millions of ads a day that might be political and they might not. And there's consequences to getting it wrong. And so I can, from the inside, I can imagine, okay, yeah, like it's just not practical. But from the outside, they got to do something. They got to figure out something because destroying democracy is not a big plus option as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, it's tough when the platform is that big, the influence is that big. And if it's wielded in a way that um, is anti-people, things tend to go sideways. We. I don't want to get too political. We may or may not be living the consequences of such things right now. And I'll leave it at that. Okay. It's Fair possible. But but did that answer your question, Ryan? From like an engineering perspective to think about that though, like you built this whole ecosystem and then like how, how you try to determine what's fake. And like, I mean, that's with as much stuff as being pumped into the system and being pumped out of the system. Like, that's an astronomical ask for, I mean, and think of the computing power is probably what five times of what it takes to, to just put it in and bring it out. It's to understand what, whether it's fake or whether it's, it's, it's so that's well, and, some interesting and, insight from. Sure. And, and do you want Facebook to be the arbiter of, of what's real and what's fake news? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and if it isn't Facebook, then who is it? I mean, Facebook has become a, this, a quasi-government that's orthogonal to national governments. And now things are going to get weird as they because it has so much power. And now things are going to get weird as they figure out. And Google's the same way. I had a, I had a friend at Google once and we were, we were drinking one night and kind of, you know, honesty was creeping in and I, I said, you know, Google just has so much power from the DNS that you run. To, like, they know absolutely everything that's going on. I said, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just glad that they don't, they don't abuse their power. And he said, yeah, until the day Google says, gin. <laughs> so I la I'll laugh at that one. I played gin <laughs> as a kid. That's... Um... <laughs> You know, though, it's interesting. I, I'd imagine, you know, all of those that whether it's Facebook, Google, Twitter, all the big socials with all the data, I mean, that stuff's being mined and searched. And, you know, I, I and I think that that gin comment is kind of right, where someday that platform will be used against somebody in a horrible way, if it already hasn't. 
right? I mean, there's so much data. I mean, I, I, I would have to believe that, you know, I've posted so many pictures of my kids. My kids are all under the age of 13. It's against the rules for them to have a Facebook account. But I would assume the second that my sons or daughter, when they create their Facebook account, they're going to have a bunch of stuff they're already tagged in. Like, I'm assuming that's already being built up, even though, and so I, I don't know, either, I guess you embrace the lack of, uh, of privacy and you enjoy the interactions or you, you crawl under a rock and ignore it, right? I mean, there's really, are there options anymore? You know, I actually have a positive take on that though, because I, I don't care. Like, I'm, I don't, I'm not doing anything, at least I don't think I am, <laughs> that would get me in trouble, right? I, so like, I mean, I'd like to think that, oh, the, and, then you, and then you watch like Jason Bourne or like some of these conspiracy shows and they're just yeah. like, oh man, I'm gonna like wake up locked in the closet sitting next to that weird thing behind Ken, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the choice. It's gonna happen to me tomorrow. It was, it was really nice uh, doing a crap for Dadget with you guys for the last time. <laughs> yeah, if we don't hear from you, Todd, we'll know what happened. Yeah. Blink twice if you need help, Todd. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But I guess there is that positive aspect to it. I mean, you see, um, what's that show on, on Netflix? Uh, um, Black Mirror? Black Mirror. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Have you guys watched that? Terrifying stuff. <laughs> yeah. Terrifying stuff. Like, the, uh, did you see the episode where the, um, where your, the, the, like, your, the girl's social rank went up and down based yep. on how nice, how, not just her, but everybody around her, the interactions that were, I, I'm so glad that's not me. Right. I was just, my buddy was just joking um, today. He's like, you know, after this list, the people that are naturally socially awkward are really going to be in a mess. And I'm just like, how am I going to go back into the world? Like I'm perfectly fine here. I think. No, this is good. We're happy. This yeah. is good. <laughs> so I don't know where I was going with that. I took it all over. Oh, you're good. Okay. You don't have to go anywhere. <laughs> you don't have to go anywhere, bud. I'm just enjoying the long day IPA. Um, I too. Every time we talk, though, Kent, I always like, and I feel almost guilty about this, but uh, I always bring up XP. Like I, so as a as a developer, and and I still tinker in code. I actually, Todd's a Python guy. I have fun in Ruby every once in a while. For me, Ruby just makes sense. Like the, it just the the way that they've structured things, the way that you can call out to object. I, I just I think it's a very beautiful language. Ruby or Python. I like it, the structure, like you had, you know, too many spaces and the compiler gets mad and it just kind of, it's a little like restrictive for me. It's a little tight. So but I will say that I'm traditionally, just to say, I am traditionally a C-sharp guy. It's yeah. just right now, I like, I like to cop into a different language when I'm doing something because I don't professionally code all that much and just to challenge myself. So I, I, I .NET peeps, yeah. shout out to the .NET peeps. .NET's nice. I, you know what? I loved Java back before it became... Uh, someone else's you know, toy that they kind of broke. I think Oracle has kind of wrecked Java. Um, sorry, Oracle, I guess you're not going to sponsor us, but uh, <laughs> they're, they are res they are responding for, to other incentives. But, uh, oh, and, and Java is still arguably, you know, it's top two, right? I mean, .NET, I'll tell you what, Microsoft beefing up the, the Azure um, platform probably made them on par with Java. Like the Azure stuff, Taking databases local to cloud, ramping up nodes. I mean, it's it's pretty amazing. But I, what I was going to started in Java, but man, there's something about Ruby shifting away from some of those heavier languages that just has been really pleasing. You know, Kent, I, I'm sure you're still tinkering in code, still probably writing code. Like, what's the language of choice today? 
Like what if you, if you if you get to pick what which compiler do you fire fire up which editor do you and and which code or which language is it that you're uh, that you're suited to? Please say small talk. <laughs> so so it, like it literally is small talk. Okay. Um, that's if I if I want to just that's my comfort food. That's my uh, my samosa. I had a I had a strange upbringing. Um, Indian food is my comfort food. Nice. Because my mother couldn't cook for Diddly Squad, and her friends were the wives of the first round of engine in Indian engineers. So I would go to these people's houses and just get stuff full of Indian food. So that's my anyway. So small talk is my samosa. That's the I I remember everything. So you know, as you get older, your brain changes and in some ways deteriorates. So my short-term memory or, or, or construction of memory, like constructing long-term memories is harder for me now than it used to be. So I'll have some API, I'll look it up, I'll use it, I'll glance away, I'll need to use it again, I have to go look it up again. All that small talk stuff is burned in some deeper level and I just don't even have to think about it. Um, so interesting you say that, Kent, um, yeah. just to interrupt you, because I think that's why, like, um, so that's how I am with C sharp. And I think that's why, like, now when I want to code something, I try to do something new just to challenge that aspect of like, re um, that, like finding the, the, like the library that makes sense or like even something as simple as like string concatenation, it's, it's slightly right. different and it's slightly different enough that it, it could take a Googling if you haven't done it properly in an appropriate language. So I can relate. Yep. To that. Yeah, yeah. So the, the least uh, anxiety producing environment for me is definitely small talk. Um, so I have some JavaScript code up here for Excaladraw. Have you tried Excaladraw? No. It's a, a collaborative drawing program that produces something that looks more hand drawn than machine drawn. So nice. uh, it was written by Christopher Shadow, who did React Native and still is in uh, the belly of the uh, Facebook beast. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I dove in there and started uh, just tidying some of the code up. Um, so what that's IDE JavaScript. You, Sorry? What IDE are you using? Uh, VS Code. Yeah, me too. It's, it's I really codes, like actually. VS Code. It's fantastic. I can, I can make it do stuff that I want to do. Yeah. Um, at work, I use Ruby and Rails. It's the first time I've worked with Rails professionally at all. Um, turns out there's better ways to use Rails and not so better ways to use Rails. <laughs> and our code is a mix. So... Oh, by the way, so my employer is Gust Gusto does small business payroll and uh, and benefits. And everybody said, oh, you know, payroll uh, domain to work in, you know, it only changes once a year, blah, blah, blah. Ha, ha, 
every morning there's a uh, there's a new uh, variation of whatever program the Treasury Department rolled out yesterday. And the SBA says, no, 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 don't compute it this way, compute it that way. And we have to have it in production in hours. It's crazy. But cheers to my team. They are crushing it. They're really stepping up. So that's, awesome. that's been fun to watch. So yeah, some Ruby, some JavaScript. And that's kind of for my, that's, my, yeah, most of my programming between those three languages in the last few years. So we had a comment on Twitter. Someone said, we got to switch from playing uh, poker over to chess, Kent. And what the people don't know is that I've got in front of me literally over 500 chess books. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, then you would definitely kick my butt. And I played, and I played competitively up till about the age of 20. I love the game of chess, um, but I have a very, my brain is wired a little differently as, as I'm sure you guys have learned over the past couple of years. If I were to start playing chess seriously again, my brain kind of hooks into that stuff and uh -huh. I, I get lost. And so I will just, I have, a, I have a great wife, I have three kids, I've got a career. If I, if I dig in, if I let my brain kind of wrap itself around chess, you're gonna lose me for like three years and bad things happen. Three years, that's a lot. At least. It, it's hard to unhook it once it gets engaged. So I have to be very careful about. So hobbies, what I have found, like, I like doing mechanical things. Like, I'm not mechanically inclined. And so I like watching YouTube videos and assembling things and trying to keep it to, like, a hobby where there's, a, there's an end position. Like, once I've built it, it's complete. There's a sense of done. And then my brain, I think it's why I like Scrum. There is a done. We've defined it. We know what it is. And once we get there, my brain can kind of cut off and we can move to the next thing. But man, if I get into something that's more infinite, like there's an infinite number of game chess games you can play. There's an infinite number of moves and the calculate bad times. I don't know. You guys ever feel like that? I think it's a story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> not, not with games, though. It's just like, uh, I just, I, I don't you know. CrossFit, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's the only time I can really turn it off, right? Other than that, like, so I joke around a lot with people that if it was up to me and I'm on a development team, we don't have anybody guiding us with value, then I'm going to spend every single ounce and dollar of our budget refactoring to try to make everything as perfect as possible. Right. Like, and you're never in a state of perfect. I, Brian, you've seen that with some of the stuff I, I get obsessed with and I'm just like, I obsess over it to the, almost to the point of like, like I, I should have just gone with the first take. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so I think I don't spiral off permanently like that. I will I will definitely dive into a thing and not be able to let go, but then I'm on to the next thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you look at if, if you look at my career, that's I've done that over and over again. Where I managed to leave whatever just before the money starts flowing in. <laughs> that's my that's my MO, that's my strategy. They say <laughs> culture eats strategy. For, well, that's my strategy anyway. So my get rich quick scheme is to leave all the money on the table. <laughs> that's for someone else to pick up. Yeah. I, you know, Todd and I talk about this at least once a month where we're like, if only 
XP had won, how how different would the, the how different would the profession or the industry of software development be? We didn't we didn't have something that the people with money wanted. Yeah, there, there you go. That. I don't think I've ever said it that succinctly. So what I think though is interesting is um, the impactfulness of it, because I still go into places that are just starting with Scrum and there's XP books um, and the curiosity about what it means to pair program or uh, how, like, I know this sounds crazy, but some people aren't using CI yet. Right. And, and they still reference it. And the boots on the ground, the people building the product um, that are infinitely curious about how to do things the best way and produce something with the highest equality, that's what they reference. So did it really? I wouldn't say it lost it. It might have won. Well, and there is a, there's a resurgence. So there's this uh, XP3, the reboot going on where um, there, there were definitely some things we got badly wrong, like uh, not focusing sooner or not focusing ever really on diversity and inclusion. People on the autism spectrum don't pair program well, some, right? Some people do, some people don't. But if you lay it out as a set of, well, you thou shalt, then there's a, just a whole bunch of people who are left out. Um, there's some things not to compromise on, like short cycles are just yeah. shorter than long cycles. So, but but there's a bunch of stuff we could have done better. And there's a, there's this interesting, so here's a, this is a scenario. I do, I don't know about you. I do scenario planning where I'm, I'm not trying to figure out what's going to happen next. I try and figure out what are the two, three things that are likely to happen next and then make sure I'm prepared for all of those. Maybe this is kind of poker thinking, right? The flesh card comes if the flesh card doesn't come. Um, but one of the, one of the possibilities is that, um, that XP really does come roaring back uh, in a sense because execution really does matter. It does make a difference. Um, not as much of a difference as a geek want, wished it did. There's, a, there's a still a whole bunch of uh, variants that's involved that like if, if you have a, a poor business idea perfectly executed, it's still a poor business idea. So, um, but there's this combination of uh, the old guard who's been doing XP for 20 years and, and they've whittled away all the, the crap and the dross and the th things that didn't work so well. And they, are, they have tons of confidence in the core set of beliefs that, have, that remain. And there's a group of uh, uh, the next generation that sort of picked it up a year, two, three years ago. And they're saying, well, why don't the tests run in under a second? This, is, this makes no sense. Oh, we, you know, we have this build, build, system, build system that takes 30 minutes to build the new, like, fuck that. Oh, can I, <laughs> is this a cussing podcast? You're, you're or, you're okay. After, after, I mean, we're almost through beer one. <laughs> load in here in a second. You're good. Okay. Okay. So that combination of the, the, 
old guard and the, you know, the piss and vinegar next generation going, like coming together. I think there is a scenario that says XP comes roaring back because it really does solve problems that really people, real people really do have. So there are some questions in the chat, Kent, if you don't mind. No, fire away. So Paul out there, he's saying, it's great to hear from uh, Kent and what you've been up to. So he saw he met you at XP Immersion in 2000 and actually lost some money to you playing poker in an Agile conference a few years ago. So you have a, an admirer who you took some money off of. So <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, what are your thoughts on mob programming? That's from Todd out in, uh, out in the chat. I still haven't done it. Okay. I did just, I, this is one of these, I, and I know it's wrong for me not to just try it on something. Um, and it scares the crap out of me. That's interesting. So pairing, uh, so, pairing is so safe. Uh, yeah. Pairing is safe for me. Yeah. It's interesting because like, I remember the first time I began pair programming, it's scary. It is. Yeah. It really is because like, I, I don't think that there is a software engineer on the planet that doesn't think like, or doesn't like, so I was just telling my brother that I'm going to check in this, um, this Python project to GitHub. And the first thing that went through my head is man, it sucks. I don't want to see it, right? Like, I mean, you have that feeling infinitely and it. It really just takes a, a sense of vulnerability to sit down and, and uh, there's two sides of that. Not only the person that's, that's the pilot, but also like the, like the, the other person has to sit over their shoulder and be like, ah, what about this? Right? Like, what about, what about doing it this way? Right? Like, so I think there's really two aspects of it. So I think uh, to, to your point, Kent, mob programming, I, I actually haven't done it either. Um, but uh, it's scary, especially if you're the one sitting there on the keyboard. Right? I, I <laughs> can't, I cannot imagine. But like, that's the point. Yeah. If I, I, the, 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 you can't imagine, you know, you, if, you, if you hadn't written unit tests, you couldn't imagine life without a QA department. And so that's why you just got to do stuff. And this is one that I just need to dive in and do. And there's no good, there's no good excuse. I had a, I had a great dinner with Woody's wheel in uh, Minneapolis. Uh, like I have all the resources I could possibly need to just give it a try and see what happens. And I just, just haven't done it. So no, no shame. It was just a, a user question or a, not a user. Why am I saying No, that? no, I'm deeply ashamed. Thank you oh, very no. much. Yeah. <laughs> You've ruined my weekend. Thank Let's you. go back to the guy that he, Thank you, he, he won money off of. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Let's make Kent feel good for the weekend. Uh, yeah. Apparently <laughs> With him in the creepy tranquilic. Well, I don't even know how to say that word. With a doll behind him. <laughs> you know, it's interesting, though. Good. Someone did point out in the chat that even pair programming, it can be really exhausting, though that they do actually. Oh, yeah. And then can you imagine that at the scale of a mob? And, but yeah, I think there's, like you said, there's plenty of opportunities to try it. I'm sure that uh, you'll jump into that someday. But pairing, I mean, when I was first starting out, like I had some really great programming mentors. And so I was able to, um, like XP was just, that's when we, when I joined the company, it was, this is what thou shalt do. 
So I never learned the bad habits. It was, mm -hmm. you will pair program, you will unit test, you will te do test first development. You will, you will believe these codes. You will, you will, you know, work with values. I mean, it was all um, taught, but I'll tell you what, that first time I sat down to pair with someone, I mean, so many worries and fears and concerns went through my head. It was, what if they think I'm stupid? What if they realize they shouldn't have hired me? What if I, I have to go to Google to look up which method call, you know, creating a, getting, getting an instance of a calendar back in the early 2000s in Java was a nightmare. I would have oh, to get an instance of a Gregorian calendar. I have to oh, yeah, but because goodness knows you might need Julian dates. Exa yes, and because, yeah, that's going to happen. <laughs> You know, and, and so it's just terrifying. And then you realize what, what I like is I liken it to, I try to take these examples and get out of programming for a minute and show people that it's all human stuff. It's not tech. Cause yeah. I remember being a kid thinking my parents have everything figured out. Like they, they, man, they just have life going and everything's smooth. And, and then you get to adulthood, like I'm 40 years old now. And I'm like, wait a minute. I don't know what's going to happen next. I don't have, wait, they were, they were making this up as they went along. And it's, and it, and I kind of feel that way about pairing. It's like the person sitting next to you is equally scared. They're making up life as they go along there. And, and once I realized that I kind of calmed down and open, but it's that openness thing. It's the, you yeah. know, maybe I'm wrong about something. Maybe I, I could learn something. And I think what we found through pair programming was if you do not have that, that learner mindset, like if I can't sit down with you, Kent, or with you, Todd, and, and decide I'm going to learn through this and not just generate code, it's going to be a fail. But if I can embrace the learning opportunity right. and the outcome is better code because we both work together, it's going to be a great experience. Well, and that's something, that's something that seniors need to learn. Right? You keep how much code you produce. Maybe not how many lines, but how much air. It's not your job to cover territory. It's your job to help the junior learn as much as possible. Oh, I total But you have to rewire your head. And that and that part's tricky. Oh. It's right. What does what does winning actually mean and, and how does that work? Right. And it's tricky. And also learn to listen to the junior because if they are sitting with you and they say, well, what about doing it this way? It doesn't always necessarily mean that they're wrong. Yeah. And so like, if you think about it, you could be, a, uh, but I've been doing this for 15 years, but you could, you could, you could make that, that 30 line link statement <laughs> that I can't understand. Right. right. Like, <laughs> and you could do it this way. Cause I just learned that at my last job and, it, it, and that, that's a hard pill to swallow sometimes. I was pride. Right. And that's why I was so right. Yeah, which, which is really a form of fear. Yeah. 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 That's true. A lot of those things do kind of trickle back to what I've found. It's either fear or trust. You know, one of the two. Yep. Pretty cool. That's weird how it's, it's not the tech that we're so worried about. <laughs> now you have to grow up as a human being. I hate that. I know. And we can't yeah. even we can't even reference Toys R Us anymore and say we want to be Toys R Us kids because they're not here anymore. <laughs> from the commercials from the 80s. Where's, where's the certification for that, Kent? Where's the certification yeah. for a person? I want to sell that one. There you, yes, there you go. Yeah. We're still Toys R Us kids. Yeah.
No, but it's funny. It's, you know, in the, I think now it's a lot easier, but it's only because after 20 years of doing this, you've kind of learned that, man, no one's got it figured out. We build teams because no one has it all figured out and we're filling, we're covering each other's sixes. We're, we're filling in the gaps and man, it, it just seems like life gets a little easier when you realize that, but sometimes it takes 20 years to get there. Right. Or for some, yeah, 30 or more. <laughs> yeah. I'm 40. I'm now, considerably so. older than you gentlemen. Yeah. We're, we're working on it. We're trying to catch up. <laughs> we want to get there. How did I, do you have to go, let's see, you have to go out of the gravity well to do that. Right. It's a, it's a tough trick. <laughs> it's actually not the age, Kent. It's the miles. <laughs> Indiana Jones quote. I used that quote the other day. It's a great one. It's a great line from Raiders of the Lost Ark. And I, I actually used that line in a class recently. And one of the students, they, they threw their hand up and said, I don't know what movie that's from. And I just get out. Yeah, that's right. I've had you, don't, you don't deserve to learn what I'm about to teach. <laughs> when you've lost, when you have watched Raiders of the Lost Ark, you may come back and finish your two-day scrum class. <laughs> what a great series of movies. Crystal Skull. Oof. Indiana Jones. You see the South Park episode related to their no. opinion <laughs> on Crystal Skull? <laughs> no. It's worth a watch. Okay. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. Like I'm not allowed to watch the Christmas episodes on South Park anymore because I had my wife watch one and it went terribly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> You're not supposed to watch South Park with your wife, Todd. That's just that's just for us. That's a... <laughs> I learn something new every day, and most of the time I just have to keep relearning my same mistakes. <laughs> the same thing, and it was one of those moments where I know Kristen turned to me and she was like, "I married this guy." <laughs> <laughs> I think she was like evaluating the last 20, 20 years and she's like, oh, okay, still good choice. But I made her think about it, you know? <laughs> oh, uh, man. Where else can we go? So Gusto's the new company, right? Ken? Gusto's the new company. Yes. What are you up are. to there? Like, what's the role? What's the challenge? What's the mission? Like, what's keeping you? I say that I am a programmer at large. Okay. So I, nobody reports to me. Were you elected? I was not elected. I was appointed. <laughs> appointed. Okay. But I elected. did go through the uh, Supreme Court uh, <laughs> nomination process. So I'm good. Um, so as a company scales, or in our case, uh, paddles really hard to stay in the same place. Um, there are always challenges what used to work then is not going to work now is not going to work in the future um and there are some problems that are unique and different and there's a whole bunch of stuff that's just like oh this uh you know we don't we don't have a way to uh to help juniors learn faster Okay, there's just a, there's a handful of ways of doing that. The, you have to recognize that you need to do it, and then you have to set up one of those programs, and that's just the kind of thing where I'm going. It's easy for me to see the uh, the need, and relatively easy for me to see what to do to get started. 
So I go around and do that. I have lots of difficult conversations, which is not my favorite thing to do, to do but there you have it. Um, people upset about this and that and whatever. And I say, sometimes I say, yeah, that's really horrible. And sometimes I give them the dad talk and just say, ah, yes, this is a thing and you have to get over it. <laughs> I can understand you being upset. That's, that is a, 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 an understandable and explainable emotion and it's not serving you. <laughs> it's funny. I have that uh, conversation with my seven-year-old almost every day. <laughs> I understand yes. why you feel the way you feel. I understand why you did what you just did and it will not serve you well going forward. Let's eliminate this. Yeah. Does yeah. that have anything to do with our boys that are in, like obsessed with playing Fortnite with each other right now, Ryan? <laughs> I'm sorry, everybody listening. It's we're just letting it happen. We're all we're all locked in here. We gotta let the let the boys roll with it. <laughs> yeah. You know, anyone who has kids under the age, I mean, any kids in the house, um, you know, Chris and I started with the best of intentions. Oh, sure. Limit the boys screen time. No, screen time, no sugar. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Gonna be outside I, the whole time. Yeah, you know, it snowed this morning. Right. <laughs> and so we're like, well, they're not going out. So, oh, just play Fortnite. Just stop fighting with each other. Just it's OK. Your e-learning's done. You did great. You got A's. All right, go play. And then it's you stole my loot and you stole. My kill. <laughs> yeah. uh, yes, yes. But there's no actual physical violence. Exactly. Which is a big step up from where it could be. Because it just moves so fast. It just moves right on to the next thing. So they're just like, they start arguing and they're just like sucked right back in, you know? And then my kid is, my kids are playing with Todd's kids online. <laughs> and it's just like, dad, you know, Chase is playing. I'm like, cool, tell Todd. Is, and then it's just fun. But yeah, we started with the idea of it's going to be, oh, we're going to make sure they read more. They do have to read like 20 pages a day. So they do that. But, okay. and we are failing. We're not going to, I'm not up for dad of the year anymore i don't think todd have you lost it uh, i don't know that i was uh, you know in nomination for it <laughs> i i think we canceled uh, along with a lot of other things i think we canceled dad of the year yeah. and we're yeah. just going to give it to all the dads whose kids are still breathing at the end of the <laughs> that's that's generous i think it's fair yeah no it's funny i mean we keep dancing around the quarantine kent what do you miss most like what's the one thing where you're just like oh, this is what i want to do so I live alone, right? And I haven't been physically within six feet of another human being for six weeks. Yeah. I would have thought if you'd come to me two months ago and gone, Kent, will you pay me a thousand dollars if I let you not have to be within six feet <laughs> of another human? Being? I would have just like I'd just be shelling out. <laughs> I would have paid money for that, and I I I miss it. Yeah. It's just really odd, but yes, I'm closer to my kids than I've ever been. Uh, the ones who talk to me, um, I am, I, I have a great group of friends. I, you shifted. Yeah. I had so. one camera go, uh, go still. Uh, okay. Um, I, I, I got on, uh, Last Friday, I did a virtual happy hour with uh, some of my buds from work, and we talked for six straight hours. 
So we yeah. never talk for six hours. We never talk for one hour. Yeah. Like, and so uh, I, I'm be I'm getting closer to some people in some ways that I didn't expect. And uh, yeah, I'm I, like the first few weeks I was dealing with the fair amount of depression. So uh, spent a lot of time in a dark room and then I'd come out like, okay, I can do it for another hour. And then he'd come out and act human for an hour. And then I'd go huddle up, but you know, you, you just can't do that forever. Number one, number two, like uh, as a business gusto kind of didn't know okay, everybody's working from home. Everything's up for grabs. We don't know what's, we don't know how bad it's going to get. Da, 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 da. And uh, about a week or a week and a half ago, we said, okay, here's the plan. Here's what, here's what business we think business is going to look like. And here's how we're going to respond to it. And I could buy into the decisions that were made. And I believed in the values that were behind those decisions and some of the decisions people were upset about, but I could, now I had a thing I could do. Oh, people are pissed off and frustrated. Excellent. Now, now I have a mission. Now I have a direction, a thing to do. And uh, that's made a, a big difference for me. So my, my mood, my uh, ratio of, uh, a butt in seat versus uh, huddled in a closet time has gone way, way up. Um, yeah. So like, it's not gonna, it's not gonna be great. I'm, I'm playing a lot of music. I'm doing a fair amount of art. Um, so yeah, that's, that's mine. How are your guys is doing? Yours is, yours is way more complicated because you got spouses, you've got kids, you got, you know what? Yeah. It, it's funny. Like we, a lot of the early jokes were, well, all these married couples are going to either come out pregnant or divorced. Like that yeah. was kind of the joke that everyone was kind of trading around with couples. And, and we're certainly not going to come out pregnant. We are done uh, having kids. And so now it's, uh, we were talking, Chris well, and I were then talking, you know. <laughs> yeah, now we know. And we were talking the other night and it's like, you know what, we've, um, we've just gotten along great. Like we're, hmm. like we're actually have like I was traveling a lot. I was traveling way too much. And, yeah. uh, I've been home probably the most I've been home in the last two years and we're just having a great time. Like it's, you know, we're, we're working with the kids on school. Um, we're, you know, Chris and I, we, we have a very nice garage gym that we've built out. So we're working out together. We're, we're let's doing reconnect. It's actually been great. Um, I do miss, like, I will jump in the Jeep and just go for a drive. Like I miss going somewhere. Like I don't necessarily want to go anywhere. I just want to go somewhere. Does that make sense? <laughs> I like it. And so I don't know if that sentence is actually, it, that was some weird fortune cookie no. logic, but I will, I miss like, um, I miss that. I also, and this is going to, this is like total first world problem nonsense. Um, I miss hitting purchase on Amazon and having it show up within a day or two. Like I really, I really miss that. I miss like the, the logistics, this beautiful system we had set up that has just crumbled to where it's just, um, it reminds me of being a kid. Like my wife and I were talking this morning, like, remember when you were a kid and you would send off for something 
and in four to six weeks it'll be back at your house and and that was amazing <laughs> and you and you would never order out of a catalog because the shipping costs were too high and it would take too long except at christmas and at christmas you would get that special catalog and you would circle all the stuff you wanted and write your name by it that was the one time a box showed up at your house right nine cent vhs club yeah, it was amazing. And uh, or encyclopedias would show up at your house. It was like it was never anything really like except I read those. I loved the encyclopedia, but I love, love, love paper encyclopedias. Love them. And I it, it bums me out. I don't have a set right now, but um I loved reading those as a kid. And but boxes never but now we got used to like this idea of if I click it, I get it. And that's like the the new mentality. I click it, I get it. And and we're kind of back to, oh, I got to be a little patient. I got to be, I got to use the things I have at home. I got to be a little more grateful for what shows up. And, and so that's been an interesting shift. And, uh, but you know, what? we're actually okay. Like everyone's healthy. We're getting, I'm just glad like so far Northwest Indiana has been kind of a bubble. Like we're not in too much of the trouble. Um, and so, yeah, I, but there's just like the little things of having somewhere to go has really messed up my brain a little bit. How about you, Todd? So I, I feel like I, I, I could start with the first way that you put it, where, where if you were to ask me, um, that's uh, like, I, I would have been like, yeah, I'll take some, some time out. Um, I think, I think that two, I think I missed two things. Um, I, I don't like people telling me what to do. And so I, I really don't like anybody <laughs> telling me I can't do what I could do right now. Well, that's uh, I had to be in a quarantine. I had to be locked down. It makes me just feel like doing something, you know, not doing it just because someone told me to do it. So I, I don't like that feeling constantly. <laughs> um, okay. I miss sports. Um, just yeah. watching yeah. something on the background, you know, uh, uh, hopefully we'll get that back. Um, I miss just going and having a beer with buddies. Other than that, like, we're going to get through it. We're, we're all healthy here. Um, hopefully everybody else is, uh, that's listening here is healthy or um, and so are their families, but, um, you know, if that's all I have to complain about in this kind of time, it's really not that bad. Right. Yeah. I've gotten completely obsessed with things, um, certain particular things that have, have caused me sleepless nights. Um, but that's kind of how I roll. So, you know what, it's funny. I, I had to honestly just turn off the news. Like I have, I, and I, 100%. I still hundred percent. And I'm still yeah. getting sucked into some of it. And it mentally, it's just not healthy for me. Like I've got to, I can't care what the president's doing. I can't worry about New York. I, I've got to stop looking at all this stuff and just, uh, and, and, and I've got it 90% turned off. And I got to just like totally, like I, that last little quarter turn just has to happen to. Yeah, to I, sh I shut off Twitter on the weekends. That's a good idea. And it, that was that was my just drip feed of anxiety. Yeah. IV anxious. And uh, so I, I I just had to step away. Like I, I feel less connected and I don't I don't I don't like feeling less connected, but I've got a bunch of other ways to be connected. So interesting so i was talking to a person that was in the phd program um, for children's psychology something like that i'm not really great with all that terminology but she was talking about how from um from zero to three-year-olds and how much how much they digest and learn from studying people's facial expressions 
And her concern was what's going to happen to those kids because one month is huge in their mental development. Right. And they're still seeing and understanding their parents and in their interactions, but not so much the other humans around them. Uh, but I even think then, like, is there going to be, is, how if, could that impact people like us? Like we're going to go out and we're, we're sitting here and we're, we can kind of see each other's body language and, and, and those kinds of things. But like, I keep thinking like, it's going to be super weird when I go back out into the world, because I'm going to almost be like, don't touch. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Gonna, I'm going to have made this whole thing seem so awesome. I'm going to go out. I'm going to be totally disappointed in it. Right. Like it's, well, and anxious about it. Somebody yeah. coughs. Yeah, yeah, I know. Or like they sneeze. And you're just gonna look at him like, did you wait? <laughs> you, you you just killed me. How dare That's you? It. I'm taking you out. <laughs> oh, my last poker session was awful that way. There's oh. some guy with a handkerchief, and I'm just like, I'm just gonna kill you. <laughs> Someone just bust him so that he leaves. Come on. Exa yes. Yeah, yeah, that would be perfect. So Kent, you are a you're a poker fan. Have you been watching the Galfon challenge? I was screaming. That oh was God. the most compelling television I have seen in years and years. I cannot believe they did not put it on the Ocho. Like, how oh. is it not on like ESPN six or something? Like, it, it, I, it, so Todd, no. I'll fill you in real quick. So Phil Galfond, arguably the most talented PLO pot limit Omaha player on the planet. He's actually a very strong no limit Hold'em player. Ten years ago. That's, Ten, okay. This is an important part of this this yeah. story. He's gotten married and moved on and doing other projects, but the Galfon Challenge, so Run It Up Poker has set up this kind of, you know, challenge fill. And so they play like 100, 200 um, PLO. They play 50,000 hands. So they're multi-tabling. And they're, he had this, uh, a wager with this other poker player. And basically we're gonna, I think it was 25 or 50,000. I don't remember which, I think it was, I wanna say 50,000 hands. At 20, 25,000 hands. Okay. And, and insane limits and basically who comes out ahead. And then there's like these side bets and there's all these like propositions and payoffs and all these outs. And so within, I don't know, five, 6,000 hands, Phil Galfund is down 900,000 pounds or 900,000 euros. Euros. Yeah. Like this is an impossible, it's, it's, it's a, it's a horrible shift in variance. It's a horrible run of cards. It's a, some bad playing he's 900, thousand euros in the hole but it's such a classic narrative right this is the this is the old guard used to see these disney movies you know there'd be the the old ram and then the young ram tries to come and they do butt heads and you're like oh who's gonna win this is absolutely that narrative and, and it played out so by the end of the match galfon was up i mean he was it wasn't a i mean no no it was it was close to the last hundred hands out of 25,000 hands. Yep. With a hundred hands to go, they were back to even Steven. So he'd gone in this million dollar hole. Insane. He'd, he'd taken two, three weeks off because yep. he just couldn't, you know, he had to reset. And then he came back and he just comes roaring back. And then every day he's getting back a little further. And then, oh no, and then up and down and up. Uh. And then the last day, hundred hands left. They are even Steven. Yep. So it's whoever wins one big hand. It's amazing. Him. And so he, he ended up winning that challenge, which was just stupid. Like it, the, if you oh. run the math, it just mm. should, uh, it's just crazy. 
So now he's playing Bill Perkins and apparently is doing well again, had a few rough hands, but, but this guy is just mathematically should not be doing what he's doing. And is just, it's amazing. It's been compelling to watch. So the Galfon challenge, if you all want to check it out on Twitter, it's a really any, they live stream it on Twitch. I mean, you can check it out. I don't think there's any fees to watch it. Just watch. You can watch Phil play on Twitch. It's, it's some very high level poker. Um, if you're, especially if you're into pot limit Omaha, it's some very high level poker. Um, Phil's been streaming. So he's actually talking about hands with about a 10 or 15 minute delay, something like that. Um, it's been, it's, if you're into that stuff, man, that 900,000 pa- or Euro hole, just, I was like, all right, he's already, he's blown it on the first challenge and nope, came right back. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was, that was, last Sunday was the finale, the grand finale. And, and, you know, it could have been scripted by Survivor or whatever. They could have been scripted by a reality TV show producer and not been any better. Oh, totally, totally fascinating to watch. So it's, it's between that and Tiger King, right? I cannot, I, I have not watched one second of Tiger King and I will not watch one second of it all right there's a hot take here what, what's going on kent i i lived for 17 years in southern oregon like those i, I know those people <laughs> <laughs> i don't i i moved out for a reason and i just don't need to go back <laughs> i was uh so my wife and i did watch it after the kids were asleep and and of course within like the first three episodes there's one guy uh, from Indiana, who's involved in all of the nonsense. I'm just like, geez, man, way to keep it classy, Indiana. Here we go. But uh, yeah, nobody from Pennsylvania, so yeah, Pennsylvania stayed clean this time. Clean as a whistle and Tiger King. <laughs> Dirty and all kinds of other things. I'm sure. Oh, okay, so here, here's here's something uh, quarantine related. I have become allergic to uh, to drama. Whoa. <laughs> I will start to watch some movie and there'll be some big chasing at the beginning and that's fine. And then, you know, then they cut back to whatever the training sequence and then the bad guy starts to show up and I just turn it off, walk away. I cannot take any of that kind of mounting tension. Interesting. So what are you I'm watching so little TV. I'm like barely watching anything. It's weird. wood turning, wood turning on YouTube. Yes, it's awesome, great. awesome. So there's a guy named. So okay, so this is gonna get the listeners are like, I thought they were gonna talk about Agile. Yeah. <laughs> we did. We oh, finished that. We did that. <laughs> yeah. So there's a YouTube channel. There's a there's a kid. I call him a kid. He's in his twenties. Um, Alex Steele, and he does blacksmithing. Uh, <laughs> and knife making and sword making like just brilliant stuff um fixes like the 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 you know the 300 pound hammers that smash the st- i mean he's like doing all this mechanical stuff alex steel an amazing youtube channel you can just get sucked into he does damascus steel forging hmm. um, builds some just amazing stuff like he's just fascinating to watch i've gotten sucked into that channel um quite a bit recently we have got i have a i have a friend who has a channel i'm gonna see if i can find it um 
there's something really therapeutic about that because I, I found myself watching those like sometimes like it'll be like a backyard makeover and they play them in like really fast motion yeah you know like stuff like that i, I like I, I it's like therapeutic just to watch it i watch it just want to see what it looks like in the end have you discovered asmr yeah no. yep no. so where are the asmr programming videos Oh. So I I, pu I published I published a, um, a TCR. Have you seen TCR? The test commit revert. Uh, no. What am I missing? Uh, You've got so already. I'm already. See, I'm I'm tapped out. Googling ASMR. Right now. Okay. <laughs> so I'm so coming back. Test commit so, revert. Okay. Test commit revert. So it's like TDD, except you run the tests, and if they pass, you commit. Okay. automatically and if they fail you revert to the last commit oh okay. so if you screw something up the code just disappears poof that just seems smarter and if you put it's okay so uh, i don't know about smarter it's it's Int really interesting it yeah. creates this intense incentive to work in tiny tiny steps oh yeah because you don't want stuff to poof disappear so i put up uh, a, a video of me TCRing in Python, TCRing uh, this rope data structure, you know, uh, strings with constant time, insert and delete. Yep. Um, and when I when I was finished, I thought I definitely missed a beat here. I should have made this an ASMR video, just with the tap 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 of the keys. <laughs> you could just watch the code come into life and the refactorings happen. Oh, it just compiled. And, and please, please don't do that with that thing behind you. <laughs> You're making me scared. <laughs> it's come to life. <laughs> you know what you need? You need one of those like late 90s, um, like the IBM keyboards with the, the, with the great springs in them. Clicky clacky, yeah. Click. Oh, do you guys ever work around a person like that that really would like pound on it and type really oh, yeah. fast oh. and you just couldn't concentrate there you can actually uh. buy those keyboards today there's um there's sites dedicated to oh yeah it's like it's not pneumatic it's not hydro there's some word for it mechanical keyboards okay mechanic thank you mechanical keyboards todd this is like a market like this is, there's some high end stuff you can buy. Do you know how people have that like obsession when they hear somebody take a bite of food? Like I have that problem. It like sets something off. It's like a so disease thing. ASMR. No, it's <laughs> like I, I have a thing when I hear a super loud typer. Like yeah. it just, to me, is completely unnecessary. It's not like eloquent. Like, so, and so to, to be honest with you, my wife is a, a very loud typer and we've had run-ins about it. I'm like, could you please stop typing so loud? <laughs> You're beating that poor keyboard that creates magic. <laughs> like, <laughs> what that keyboard ever do to you? Yeah. <laughs> oh man. yeah. So I want to. I definitely want to try an ASMR version, and just see. Like, who knows? It would be funny to test it with like a hundred programmers and see if it makes their heart rates go up hearing the keys click. <laughs> yeah. 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 Wait, yeah. Did they test first. Wait. Did that compile? Wait. What? <laughs> So Todd, you haven't run into ASMR before? It's this really, truly weird effect. And it doesn't work on everybody, but it does work on some people where if you hear whispering or like some kinds of repetitive motion, 
you get this tingling sensation in the back, like your, your skull and the back of your head. And it's very relaxing. So it might be scissors clacking. Uh, and so there's a million videos of someone pretending to cut your hair or mm. just talking like this. Weird. And people will watch for hours. Really? So, so we need to invent the ASMR mob programming. Let's put it all together, boys. <laughs> yeah. ASMR mob programming, TCR video, poof. Go viral. I could probably watch that. I mean, if you, if you like, if you get that, that would be, that would be something like where you get feedback that all the tests pass. <laughs> <laughs> right like yeah, yeah, it's just it's like it's slow motion yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then just go I'll, over and over again I'll you can make you a small you. change and like watch it and then <laughs> okay so, i'm in i'm into now i know what asmr is it's just rain for hours isn't this great i don't think so i think that would drive me crazy <laughs> But it's all sorts of different sounds. Like they'll play with like paint brushes and they'll play. With, oh, it's just, it's, it's nuts. Like crinkling paper. Yeah. yeah. It's different things it, work on different people. Some of it's really uh, relaxing. Uh, so, so the, uh, the, there's a, there's this Welsh, uh, stone sculptor and you just hear this tap, 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 tap. It's very rhythmic, very quiet. And then he speaks in this quiet Welsh accent, which I'm not going to pretend to do because I don't want to piss off the entire of Wales. But it's just tap 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 tap. And you really can just ah listen to that forever. I like it. Good stuff. So Niels Provos is my my friend who does. He's a very high level programmer but he's a blacksmith that's his hobby and he's got a blacksmith shop in some tilt up in san jose and he makes these amazing viking swords and spears and and you can watch it's another one of these like the wood turning you just watch for hours do 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 and you know and the thing and then fold it over and get it hot and pull it out and blah 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 and sparks are flying and yeah. There's just something satisfying about that. It's like, it's what we're, to me, I, I just think there's some wiring in us that we're supposed to do stuff like that. There's yeah. supposed to be something that we create that's actually, like ones and zeros are great, but man, there's something we're supposed to actually put into the world, you know? Yeah, I, I really enjoy, um, so I've been, I, as I've mentioned, I, I, I've done a bunch of art. Let me um, change my background. Okay. Um, to uh, that means you're, you're free to whisper then, because it <laughs> won't scare me anymore. Okay, good. So this is I'll do stuff like this at a very at a large scale, like uh, twenty by thirty inches. Oh it's wow! Just full of these patterns and doodles, and by the time it's all filled in, it's pretty complicated. But I can. I'll get in the zone with one of these where I'll just, I'll see some pattern in my mind. I'll grab a pen. I have lots and lots of pens. Um, 
And then I'll just make that pattern until I'm done with it. I don't know how I know I'm done. And then I'll see something else in my mind and I'll grab the next color and the blah, blah, blah. And I can just do that for hours. So very that's a, that, that's a very calming thing for me. Nice. We just lift weights. <laughs> <laughs> Lifting weights is good too. Hey, yeah. today I called Todd and I'm just like, I am all wound up over. I, I made a mistake. I read some news. I'm like, all right, I'm going to have to go deadlift until I don't care anymore. <laughs> and then finally my legs were like, dude, you don't care. Stop lifting. <laughs> well, yeah, there's no doubt that I'm coming out of this thing like a meathead. Because <laughs> we have like a, we have a, I have like a shed on the side of my house and I have a home gym in there. It's like my, I go in there and like listen to podcasts and sometimes I just, I don't work out. I just sit there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot, live on you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> like, and now Todd's caught. <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, I'll tell you what. We've kind of hit the the time box. All right. Yeah. yeah. So we are empty, but it's always good catching up with you. I'm glad. Great that, to catch uh, up with you. Well, that was yeah. weird. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> and the wizard. <laughs> I always knew something was off <laughs> making glasses disappear that's right I don't show up in uh, zoom videos or mirrors <laughs> yeah. yeah thanks well, so much well no yeah. thanks for joining us we know uh, we know you're always up to something and so carving out almost an hour and a half for us is is always appreciated Anything yeah, you pleasure. want to promote, anything that, because uh, I am going to drop this into the Agile for Humans feed. That'll go out to tens of thousands of listeners. And there's anything that you want to. Uh, yes. So, so I just dropped this uh, TCR video. Uh, the first 20 minutes, it's 80 minutes of, uh, of development. Um, and then I have a series of videos with Kelly Sutton uh, called Test Desiderata. So these are 12 short videos, five minute videos about the uh, desirable properties of tests. What I observed is that people will write tests that don't really work very well, but they'll think, oh, I'm stuck. What else can I possibly do? And the fact is there's a huge space of possible ways to write tests. And if you're only, if you only know one tiny point in that space, you're really missing out. So this is like 12 different sliders that you can move, some of which work together, some of which work in opposition. So I think those videos are a way if you're, if you're, you're kind of want to take a philosophical look at software testing, that's a way of thinking about what else could I possibly do? So that's a, a couple pieces of content that I have out there. Cool. We can probably add that. We can add that to the description. Of this yeah, video. I'll, cool. I'll throw those in the show notes that yeah. go up. Um, All right. Of course, like, you know, whenever I hire uh, software engineers, they always get a copy of XP Explained. Thank you. Of course, you got to push the book. I Second appreciate day, the one, the dollar and 12 cents. Uh, <laughs> hey, it's, uh, it's uh, I mean, we still read it. Like it's, uh, it's one that should be read and always happy to buy it for new hires and, uh, and it's, it's interesting about, it's about 50, 50. Some of them will say, Oh, I've already got this. I love it. And half of them will say, okay, I can't wait to learn. And so it's, it's been a fun mix, but they always, those two videos will put XP explained in the show notes. Cause I think if you are in 
the software industry, it's a must read, right? You got to read this one. And I still get this sometimes. I don't understand writing a test first and then someone does it and then they can refactor their stuff and it's safe. And they're just like, yep. Yep. Yeah. No, I don't bother trying to convince people. I just say, after you've done it, we can have this conversation. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's a, it's a truth. Well, I'll tell you what, guys, it's always great to get together off square yeah. brewing. Your long day IPA is phenomenal. Um, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. It's uh, man. I might have another one after this, uh, this show just to, to call it a night. So off square brewing hit. How did you guys do with yours? Awesome. Treehouse never disappoints. Four. What? Wow. <laughs> there. there it is. There we go. Four point KSA. Good stuff. Nice. Well, all right, guys. Until next time, um, Craft Brewed Agile. Thanks for doing this. And uh, all right. Let's call all it right. Back. Thanks, everybody. Right. For Hey, it's Ryan. If you're enjoying this show and want to take a deeper dive into Scrum with me and Todd, check out agileforhumans.com forward slash training. Be sure to also look at the show notes to subscribe to our newsletter, get a copy of our book, Fixing Your Scrum, and learn more about working with us at Agile for Humans. Thanks for listening and Scrum on. <laughs>